This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and we're going to talk about cats today, cats and dogs, actually. But first, I want to ask Dusty Rainbolt, our expert, one of your emails that you sent me. And okay, so Dusty, she's the author of many cat books, best-selling author, and Cat Wrangling Made Easy is my favorite. Ghost Cats is one that's coming out again soon. But besides all that, I want to ask you these cat questions, Dusty. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. As you know, I you're my favorite host, so I'm so happy to be here. Okay, so before we get busy with the cat behavior, your new book coming out soon is which one? Okay, um, my my latest book is called Ghost Cats: Two More Afterlife Encounters with Feline Spirits, and it is stories about people who have had experiences with ghost cats. So that's the second in the series. But if you're looking for cat behavior, there's Cat Wrangling Made Easy, which is really good for people like me who have many cats. And then there's Kittens for Dummies. And then you have a book that's just about cat urinating and marking in the wrong places. That's right. Look up Dusty Rainbow if you've got a cat problem. But here we have a question. Can I add one more? Oh, yeah, Uh, for sure. There's another, the one about inappropriate elimination is Cat Scene Investigator, Solve Your Cat's Litter Box Mystery. And it's very comprehensive and it helps you make a decision. But there's also another one that I'm very proud of and it hasn't gotten much attention called Finding Your Lost Cat, The Practical Cat-Specific Guide to Your Happy Reunion. So if you know anybody who has lost a a cat, it's a, a very, very helpful book. You know, (laughs) I pay attention to the Facebook neighbors site and there's often, you know, missing cat, found a cat. I've got a cat. I'm going to keep it till we find the owners, all this sort of stuff. And someone made a comment. I see that the cat redistribution center is working well. See, I think (laughs) sometimes they just switch homes, you know, but (laughs) okay. So the question people have is do names matter? So with dogs, they matter. You know, you don't want to name a dog something like Bruno, and he thinks his name is Brew, and you're always saying no. It matters a lot what you call your dog, right? You don't want to call your dog something like, let's say, Johnson, if you're answering the phone every day, Johnson and Company, Johnson and Company, you'll drive him crazy. You know, you don't want to call him the same name as the other pets in the house. Again, if all the dog's names sound the same, how do they know Casey, Kinsey, Quincy, Cosey? It's cute, but it doesn't work. So what about cats? Does it matter? I would think the exact same rules would apply. Um, I do know that uh, there have been studies, although I have not read the studies, but I've heard about them. And uh, cats seem to like words that end with Y. Another thing I would keep in mind is when you say something like Sharon or Susie, that kind of sounds like hissing. Now, this is just me. There's been no studies. But uh, anytime you go to a cat, that's the same as hissing at them. And so you're telling them to back off, go away, leave me alone. And so I'm thinking those would not be the best consonants to start out with. 
because it does sound a little bit like hissing. But, uh, you know, I, I I was also told that you should never name your cat something that you would be embarrassed to say. Yes, like, you know, a swear word or something. Yeah, mm. I, I think uh, there was a movie, uh, a Steve Martin movie, where he basically named his dog Poo Poo Head. Yes. And so yes. It, was, that's, it, was, it was naughtier than that. But anyway. It was The Jerk. The movie was the jerk. It it really bothered me that he did that. Yes, yes. and so so you you know uh, you don't want to call the cat something that if you have to go out and call him, that's going to be embarrassing. And also, cats tend to like one and two syllable names. So, but you know, just uh, what whatever makes you feel closer and warmer to the cat. The cat really doesn't care what you call him yeah. as long as you call him for dinner. You know. <laughs> Well, I've noticed that sometimes with um, with dogs who come to camp, good dogs, sometimes we're mispronouncing their name because their name is some foreign language. And, you know, maybe it's as simple as we're calling her Kava and her name is Kava, something very simple. But sometimes we're getting it really wrong. And the dog figures it out in like two seconds. Oh, they're talking to me. OK, that's what they're calling me here. No problem. That's my new nickname. That's good. If you call your cat some other name and you have something at once, it's probably going to come to you. Right. <laughs> well, well I, I think that's true. And also I have read by experts that say, oh, just call your cat the same thing all the time. Never use other names. I am here to tell you, they do oh, understand no. nicknames. They Absolutely. Nicknames. They yes. know nicknames. But you know what else I'd say is you don't, when, when I talk to dog people, you don't want to give your dog a name that describes the problem you're trying to get rid of. So don't call him Barker if he's a Barker. Let's we're not going to like embrace that identity and cement it in stone with the name. Right. We're going to we're going to train him out of it. Let's call him something else. Let's let's call him mellow. How about that? You know, Absolutely. and I think that's true with cats, too. If, if your cat's afraid of you, don't call him scaredy cat. Like, don't cement that as the identity and the way you relate to him. If you want to change that. Right. Yes. Uh, don't make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you want right. to name him what you want him to become. Because, again, I have read this but have not read any uh, studies. But our voice is what they respond to. So if we're calling him sweetie and, you know, oh, you're such a sweetie, then our voice is soft and we kind of use the baby talk and all that. But But if we're calling him a jerk then our voice is going to reflect that. Another thing I've read, it's not about names, but it is about how we talk to animals. And I have heard experts say you should never talk baby talk to, to cats. But this one study that just came out says cats actually respond to baby talk when it is when it's their owners. They don't respond to baby talk. Oh, you're such a good boy. I just love you. If it's the vet. <laughs> yeah, if it's vet not the owner, rumor, then it doesn't, it doesn't do any good. But if it's the owner, they do respond. And I would think that if you're training, you wouldn't want to use the baby talk. But you know what? If you just want to let him know how much you love him, I think it's okay. All right. We're going to go to break and come back and talk about how to introduce cats and dogs. Stay tuned to Animal Party Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf, and my guest, Dusty Rainbow. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. 
there is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Party Pet Life Radio with my guest Dusty Rainbow and me Deb Wolf and we had a lot of questions about this how to introduce a cat to a dog how to introduce a kitten to a dog how to introduce a puppy to a cat how to introduce a puppy to a kitten every combination and you know it's so much of this depends on the personality of the players I think right absolutely but there are a few hard and fast rules and rule number one is you always err on the side of safety for the cat. Because in a dog-cat relationship, the cat is the prey. And so before you ever get started in the introduction process, you need to make sure the dog is restrained, and we'll go into that in a minute, but that the, the cat has the liberty to exit the situation forever. There is always a place where the cat can go to uh, seek out safety and get away from the dog. So you need to have a high cat tree that the dog can't knock over or can't access or give the cat a high space up in a bookcase or, or whatever. But the cat always, whether it's a dog or a little kid or whatever, cat always needs a place of safety. Is that still true when the dog is smaller than the cat? Yes, Okay, so the cat is still prey, even if the dog is like a tiny teacup little thing and the cat's kind of burly. Even if the dog is a tiny teacup little Yorkie or Chihuahua or whatever, he can still be as annoying as heck. Oh, for sure. Jumping on him and bothering him. And and so, yeah, the the cat (laughs) always needs a place of safety where he can go to get away from other animals and kids and even you and even us, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes we can be annoying too. <laughs> and then, well, what if that means the cat just avoids the whole thing? Like you're sitting there trying to introduce the cat to your new puppy while the puppy's still young and harmless. And the cat's like under the bed, like dog coming out. Like, how do you make it happen? You kind of want to gently make it happen. Well, okay, so let's let's start out with a few ground rules. Like I said, always err on the side of safety for the cat. Whenever you introduce a cat and dog, whether it's a puppy or a big dog or whatever, uh, the dog must always be restrained. And that means, okay. especially in these first meetings, you know, hopefully they've been smelling each other through the door for a little while, whether, you know, new dog, you've got a, a baby gate Or if it's a new cat, the cat is in the bathroom and hopefully they've been smelling the dog through the door and getting used to that. Put a leash on the dog is what she's saying. You can have, you can use a leash inside. That's no problem. So if you're trying to, trying to get your dog comfortable on the couch and you're hoping your cat will come over your new cat or your new dog to see him, he should be on a leash. 
Well, I would go even further than that. I would go even further than that. If you have like a crate or a cage, I would put the dog in the cage and let the cat explore while the dog is in, safely in the cage. And the, uh, the reason for that is always enclose the dog, not the cat. Don't put the cat in the cage and then let the dog because the cat is prey. So if the dog's like, ooh, sniffing and kind of bumping the cage. I mean, that's what I'm hunting. Thank you so much, people, for clarifying that. You just put that out there for me. And and even though he can't get to the cat, the cat is still exposed completely. So anytime you have to enclose one of the animals, put the dog in in the cage or the carrier. Cage is better because then we get to walk around it and smell it and, you know... But after that's going well and the cat's, the the dog's not reacting. See, that's another thing. As long as the dog is showing interest, the cat's not going to be terribly happy about interacting. But once the dog has calmed down and the, the cat can walk around and go, oh, well, this isn't so bad. And they're ignoring each other. Then you can put the dog on a leash until you kind of see them just completely ignoring each other or interacting in a happy way, always keep the dog restrained. Always make sure that they're separated. If you have to put the cat in a a separate room, then that's fine when you're gone. But never trust until they're absolutely best friends that uh, you can leave the dog and the cat together, especially younger kitties. Yeah, never trust that. Okay, we're going to break. We'll be back soon. Stay tuned to Animal Party Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf, and our guest, Dusty Rainbow. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Dusty Rainbow. And I have to say, some dogs aren't crate trained. So in those situations, I think that people are going to have to have the dog on a leash, held tight, and still follow the rest of what you said, though. Because if you put the dog in a cage, he's going to go bananas with the cat outside, and you're kind of getting them all stimulated, and that's not going to work if the dog's not chill in a cage. One thing I do uh, when I introduce a new dog, I tether the dog to the couch. I have a a long lead, and the cats know exactly how long that lead is. Uh, Usually it's like five, six. Sometimes uh, I have one that's eight or ten feet. And, uh, you know, that. so he's not just tethered right next to the couch. He can move around. But uh, if the cats want to avoid him, they just stand nine feet, 
And that way, the dog has a lot of leeway. But if the cats ever want to get away from him, they have that safety. They can stand at nine feet and everything's fine. I would definitely do that until you see them really wanting to hang around with each other. And that it's not too wild, that it's not too raucous. If it is wild and they're both playing and they're both, you know, willing, that's okay, but you have to be present. You go out and leave them alone, you're going to come back to a very interesting trashed place. So if you've got a playful kitten and a playful puppy just discovering how to play together and you're not there, that's probably a recipe for uh home destruction, I would say. Hey, Dusty. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I've been there, done that. But another thing I would do, I would start in the beginning feeding the dog and the cat on opposite sides of the door at the same time. So then they're starting to associate the smell of the other animal with good things. I mean, hey, I'm getting something to eat when I smell this thing. So do that. And then once you have the dog on a short lead or uh, in a crate, then you give the cat treats when he is near the dog. Only his very, very favorite treat and only in the presence of the dog. And so then again, he's, he's associating good things with the dog and, you know, give the, uh, when, if the dog is staring at the cat, that's kind of an uh, an aggressive move. Yeah, you really got to watch your dog's posture. If your dog Absolutely. is acting like he's all stiff and his tail is stiff or his tail is wagging, but very stiffly, bang, 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 bang. That's not relaxed. That's prey. That's prey drive. That's overexcitement. You know, take him for a walk. Take him for a run before you do this. Like have him chill Absolutely. and mellow, maybe chewing on a bone. So he's just busy and not paying so much attention to the cat. Well, uh, now the the thing about the bone is depending on if he's not food aggressive. Yeah, there exactly. you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, yes, I think that that's a brilliant idea, Deb, is to uh, take the dog to the dog park, wear him out, and then do the introductions. Uh, so he's he's not so focused. He's again he's had the endorphins and serotonins released in his brain. He feels safe. He's tired, and then that's the time. Well, what about the cat? Should the cat be played with first, or should the cat save all its energy for this encounter? You know, I've never had that question answered, but I think that if we are feeling happy and safe, that would be a good thing, not quite as alert. So, yeah, good, good exercise beforehand. But not right beforehand. I think right. if you exercise Absolutely. both of them earlier in the day and then later when they've had a chance to get home, he's come home, the cats calm down, right? Then try. When they're in their cuddly mode, you know when they're in their cuddly mode. That's when you want to do this. Right. Okay. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. And it's always easier with kittens and puppies. It really is, right? I mean, they have no bad habits. You get to stage everything. Just prevent what you don't want. Stage what you do want. Praise and encourage. It's a little harder when they've already got some, some ideas about the other species set in their ways. But they can always make an exception. A cat can hate all dogs but your dog. A dog can chase all cats but your cat. It can be done. Right. It can. But again, always err on the side of safety for the cat. Make sure he has a place to go. Because, you know, I mean, there, there is something called displaced aggression. And uh, perhaps uh, there's a, a dog out in the um, 
the front yard or a deer or another cat or whatever. And uh, sometimes it's like kids and all of a sudden something happens and I can't get to the the cat or the dog or the bear or whatever in the the front yard. So who am I going to blame? It's your fault. Oh, and that is so possible. It's called border raging dogs. It's when you're, yes, and the cage rage, they call it too. So the dog sees something outside. It need, Its job is to protect the house. Now it's adrenaline is going. It's ready to go. It's ready to go. Maybe it's a squirrel. Turns around. There's your cat. Okay. I'll just grab that. It's a good substitute. <laughs> and, and that, you know, your cat needs somewhere to go. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, you have to be very careful with that because in cats, especially cats, Remember, they have very good memories. And uh, sometimes they, they need little marriage counselors because they so identify their companion who they've, you know, up until now they've slept together, they groom each other, and all of a sudden uh, something has happened and they're enemies. It could be a loud noise. It could be the shelf falling off the wall or whatever. Something oh, yeah. scares this, the cat. This happens with dogs too. They get this mis misinformation. Like they think that loud bang of the car next door was actually you. You did yes. that. You know, <laughs> or they think all bangs are the same as the one when the thing fell on my head. So now I'm afraid exactly. of anything loud. And cats can have that problem, too, and blame the dog. No, oh that's exactly right. Or the other cat. So if that happens, then you have to start over and reintroduce them. And uh, it takes a while. But you know what? It's certainly worth it because we, we want our, our little guys to get along and be happy and trust each other. Oh, it's so good. When a cat and dog love each other, there's no separation anxiety. Everybody's calm when you leave the house. It's lovely. Okay, so one more question. Mm -hmm. Why do my cats seem, one in particular, Bobby the Bobcat, who was shown in the, in the little clip I put out on Facebook, why does he bring a mouse in, half dead or somewhat injured, and then it seems on purpose, right in front of where the dogs can see, he demonstrates? Why is he doing that? It's, he knows, right? He knows that they're watching, doesn't he? Well, I mean, who knows what any animal thinks? We we have to make educated guesses. And uh, I have actually seen this behavior in mother cats. They will bring prey in. And uh, <laughs> oh, my God. One time she managed to escape our cat fence. She was a foster cat. And uh, she escaped our cat fence came back she had some little three-week-old four-week-old kittens she came back with this different types of prey uh, one time it was a rat <laughs> one time it was a snake of one course. Time, she was teaching them variety. And she, in the beginning she would just bring them back and eat the prey in front of them and then she would release it which was not a good thing when we had some baby rats running around the house oh that was well, not the dogs are totally fascinated. Like they'll, they just think this is the best show ever. It's like playoffs, you know, at the Olympics or something. Like they just, it's better than any sports on TV. They're just glued to this display of cat versus mouse. They know the outcome. They know, they know who's going to win. <laughs> but but you know, I really think that they are coming in and saying, I think uh, you're not the best hunter in the world. <laughs> and this is how you do it. 
And, that could uh, be. That could be. Oh, that's so funny. I want you to live. I don't want you to starve to death. <laughs> so here's the the rat, and I've kind of roughed it this up. Is what you and do? This is how you do it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Cats giving lessons to dogs on hunting. I think the dogs are perfectly capable because. 95% of a wolf's diet in spring is rodents. So I think they're perfectly capable of doing the job if I stopped feeding them, which I would not. But um, okay, well, good to know. They, do, they are doing it on purpose. It causes a big ruckus in the dog area. Everybody oh, wants a you know, window seat and up on the doggy door and everybody wants to see. They can just tell. They hear the squeak, squeak of the thing that's not yet dead and boom, all the dogs. Okay, it's showtime, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me again, Dusty. Dusty Rainbow, author of many cat books. If you want to look her up, where can they find you, Dusty? Easy way to get your books. They can look up DustyCatWriter.com and that's D-U-S-T-Y-C-A-T-W-R-I-T-E-R.com. Uh, StupidGravityPress.com. Let's see, DustyRainbow.com. It's all the same. All right. Well, everybody, and if you've got more cat questions you want to send me, feel free because I will have Dusty back on the show. I've been doing this show since, I don't know, 2009 or something. And I think I've had you on pretty much reliably ever since. Yep. I, I know that I was one of your early guests and you were my favorite host. So I just love being with you and your listeners. And it's just a lot of fun. Oh, well, as soon as I posted that video, it lit up like a Christmas tree with cat problems. <laughs> People were like, oh, my God. And I had many with the cat litter issue. That was just the one that kind of encapsulated all the <laughs> all the beauty of the cat who won't use the litter box. All there in one paragraph from Nest 42. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if people are listening to this show and you're wondering what I'm talking about, we did another show earlier where we talked about litter box problems and all kinds of behavior problems. So if you're interested in that, check out the show I did with Dusty earlier, uh, earlier this month, and uh, get some solutions to your cat's problems. All right, everyone, from me, Zapwolf, and Dusty Rainbow, and Animal Party, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.